Just as crazy and I don't know what to do So I made a podcast for me and for you Pizza sauce and daily digs Everybody loves a bitch Japanese girls and 80s bitch Rock and roll like Stevie Nicks Mafia, Zelda Blues Telling you what's wrong with school Bruno Dance and Dan Marino Talking shit on people we know Hockey fights and cracking beers Living life without no fear Oh my brain, what's inside? I don't like know the word of like weird Japanese shit. Turtles and hot pockets. If you don't like those, I don't want to be friends. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Matt Manny. I have a confession to make. I love beer. So yesterday I went down a big old rabbit hole. You know, sometimes you drink. I feel like drinking changes. Sometimes you're with your buddies and you're just goofing off and you're slamming them. I always think you drink more when you're with your pals because like there's that whole move where somebody's got to take a pee and they're getting up and then they're going to hit the fridge on the way back and they go, does anybody need one? And you look at your beer and it's like more than half full, but you know, you don't feel like getting up in like a couple of minutes to get one. So you just go, yeah, yeah, give me one. And then you slam that one because you don't want the new one that they bring you to get warm. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Other times, you know, you're just watching some sports, sipping some beers. Yesterday, obviously, there was like playoff football and all that. But I was drinking beer just because like I loved it. Somehow I went, this is this just goes to show you how powerful marketing subliminal messaging is and stuff. I was going to have some beers anyway because I was making food. I was cooking. I've been really into that. And I decided because I've been doing all this history, I've been looking at all this art history videos. There's this great YouTube channel, Art Documentaries. It's kind of just um, a depository of different art history, whatever, I guess. Some of them aren't even art history. Some of them are just like interview little docs with um, artists. You know, there's a ton of stuff on there, but I've been watching a lot of the history ones. And that just got me into how much not only I enjoy history, but learning more of the background of anything that I already enjoy. So I like beer and I happen to be drinking Japanese beer. And then I started thinking, you know, like, where did that come about? Like, why do they drink beer? When did they start drinking beer? What's the history of beer in Japan? So I started to go down that whole that whole road and, you know, found some playlists. And I love when you find a good YouTube playlist. And you kind of just let it go, let it unfold. Um, and there was this one, which had some really cool videos. Yeah, whoops. So I found this playlist. A lot of them are about like modern drinking culture in Japan, beer drinking specifically in, you know, major cities, Tokyo, Osaka, which that started getting me. Oh, I love these little bars, these little spaces, all these little tiny environments and just the interactions you have in a city. And I, I guess this is really where my mind has been and what I'm craving. Um, maybe I just reached that point in this cycle of COVID and not really doing much that finally, I feel like there was times where it was more of a panic. Like I got to get out. I got to do stuff. <laughs> it's less that and it's more of like a happy inspiration of like, I'm just engaged and enthralled and, and just so excited to get out there and start and I don't know, investigating things and just trying things and letting everything just make my experience of living more rich. I guess that's really where I'm at. 
So anyway, I was watching this and that got me going and I was just like, oh, beer, so good. And just watching the pour and the, oh, just, there's nothing like a good pint. Like I could go buy almost any beer I want, but it's just, there's something about having the pint and the cold glass and it's fresh, especially like the microbrewery places when it's coming right from what's like the tanks are right there. It's just, there's nothing better. Um, so I was watching that and that got me going. And then I just started thinking more about food and why I even like cooking and food and all that. And it's really because I probably never thought about it before, but one, obviously there's the craft aspect of it, that it's something I'm not that great at. I'm getting better, but I think it's something that no matter how good at it you are, how accomplished you become, there's always more to learn because it's not um, a singular skill. Like if you learn to skateboard, you can pretty much skateboard any sure there's styles, but it's the same everywhere around the world. You know, there's a medium through which you're acting, but like food and cooking changes so drastically from culture to culture that even if you've mastered, let's say, you know, um, barbecue, then you can get into Italian cuisine. You can get into Indian cuisine. You can get into like Southeast Asian using lime and coconut and this play of spice and creaminess. So it's kind of like no matter how accomplished you get, there's always something to toy with, play with, and learn. So that's the one aspect of it. The other aspect is how much it ties into learning about stuff. And, you know, this is something I've really been trying to work on through other episodes. They talk about, you know, keeping your sense of wonder and curiosity and just how that really ties into uh, a deep sense of happiness, for me specifically, I think all people, but for me, I need that. I need to be engaged and just so interested with things. Um, it takes me back to when I had uh, like after college trying to find jobs that I really didn't want. I hated them. It was such a depressing, depressing period of my life where I felt so completely lost after college. I got this degree I didn't really want. I didn't even care. I barely even wanted to go to college. At least at that point in my life, I, I felt like I needed it was just shoved down this cattle shoot of go to high school. You get, you take the AP classes, you take the test, you do this, you get in your schools and you go. And blah, blah, blah. It was just like shoved down this path of getting myself in debt. And just, I didn't care then, you know, it, maybe I still don't care, but either way, it felt like after that, I was going to these interviews that I really, really, truly didn't want to work at. They depressed me. The people interviewing depressed me. I was just like, God, I don't want to talk to this person. And uh, I just shouldn't be here. What am I doing? You know, some of this is ego, obviously, but I'm just like, I'm smarter than this person. What a, it was just awful, awful, gut-wrenching, just feeling meaningless, all of it. And, and like, there was no escape. And this is I'm trapped in this thing now that like I went to school and this is what I do. I don't know. You got to get a job. It's a business job and you got a business degree in an office and blah, blah, phones and the fucking cubicles and just awful, awful. Like, you know, just that anxiety of feeling trapped in this shit that you're like, how is this my reality? How is this my life? But inevitably, I feel like in those conversations, <laughs> get sidetracked. In those interviews and conversations, they'd bring up some stuff, I guess, like my interests. And at the time, I was very much entrenched in studying the Japanese language. And uh, just I was watching a lot of Japanese films and anime and all this stuff because I was trying to learn the language. But also, like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to move there. So when I'd start talking about this stuff, they'd all inevitably say these people I was interviewing with, these managers or whoever they were, were like, dude, you were not really in, like 
I'm good at faking conversations. I'm good at bullshitting with people, but they could tell I was just like, I didn't really want to be there. I didn't want the job. I didn't care. I was just going through the motions of saying the answers that they wanted to hear. Then when they would bring up my interests and I talk about this kind of stuff, they're like, dude, you light up. You're so enthused. You're so into it. And I feel like that's where I have to be um, for, for many reasons. And I think a lot of times in life where it's the fooling ourselves, that's the real ridiculousness of our behavior. Like you can fool people and all that, but like at the end of the day, you got to live with yourself. And if you're trying to get over in yourself, it's just never going to work. It just doesn't, you, you can feel it. So I guess that's why I'm leaning into this cooking thing now, because it's all of the other stuff that I learned from it. Like I was just looking up Japanese cooking and there's this stuff called mirin, which I've heard about before. It's like basically like a sake, like an alcoholic drink, uh, like a rice wine, but it's got a higher sugar content. Then you learn about that. I'm like, Oh, how did that come to be? And you know, this is just an example because I'm a bit of a Japanophile, but if you look into any culture, like ghee, the butter and Indian cooking, like, how did that come about? Why did they, use that? Is that like a religious thing from like the Hindu religion? Or is it just a matter of um, the interactions with, you know, global politics at the time, and the best way for them to preserve butter and fat in this form was I, I don't know, but it's just, it starts to just unravel for me all of these deeper interests. And it all starts with something tangible that I can enjoy, which is the food and the cooking process. Um, then, you know, obviously, there's Back to the beer, there's the whole beer thing where I can pair that and look into that and learn stuff. And I just love it. I just love learning. Um, so either way, this took me in another direction, which I started thinking about like diversity in the current world, because there's this video I have here of these um, female brewers in Japan. They're, you know, these three sisters uh, run this microbrewery. Uh, you know, the, it was their father's business and they ran the brewing side. They were always the brewers, but the father was like the business sales side. He passed away. Either way, it's just so cool to see. And it, it really sparks in my mind of like everything today with whether it's PC culture or um, cancel, just like everything just being crammed on us because that's the way people are saying it's supposed to be. But then that gets so disassociated with like, why? Like, why do we need diversity? Why do we have diversity? Like, it just seems like it's a, these are all boxes you need to tick so you don't get ass reamed from like, you know, the the, the paper or people on the internet writing a, a story about you and then your business fails. You know, you got to have this person in the office. You got to have these people, regardless of like their expertise or their skill level. It's just, you got to have this shit. And you really forget why, like the whole beauty of why we want diversity, why we have diversity isn't just to give those other people, it, to give everyone a fair shot to engage with something that they're into. If you're, you know, a woman and you're into whiskey, you should have a fair shot at, you know, becoming a whiskey distillery. If you're, you know, Asian or, or African-American or whatever, and you're into baking or, or whatever it is, you should have a fair shot at that. But to the rest of us, the bigger benefit of this, that's the individual benefit. The bigger benefit is that we all get better stuff because you're going to get new perspectives that are going to add to whatever it is that they're creating. And that's just better for all of us. So like for beer, you have these women brewing beer 
Well, they're going to have a different life experience. They're going to have different tastes, like a different palate, what they think pairs well with food and the way they see beer culturally and their experience of drinking. So you're going to get totally different flavors that you wouldn't get if it's only men. And it just like, it really dawned on me, like we lose sight of like almost the, the, the real joy and benefit of almost everything. Um, and this was just such a simple example is like watching this video of these women brewing beer. And it's like amazing. And it's like, she said 20 years ago, she was only like probably in her twenties, like as like a brewmaster. It's just so cool. You know what I mean? You, you miss that too. Not being in cities, just like people being into stuff and being talented at it. And it doesn't matter who they are, but it's nice that it's different people. Again, you know, there's that benefit. But either way, I got so deep into this and just so there's this, um, this other video, it was like vice. I'm always so jealous. I'm like, why isn't this my job? It's like these two people go to like little micro pubs around Tokyo and just get trashed. And that comes back to like the drinking thing. I was saying how there's different types of drinking. There's drinking with your buddies. There's, you know, of course I'm not promoting saying it's the best thing for your health mentally or physically. There are times where you just drink cause you're stressed and whatever else, but there's times where like always sunny always does this to me. I can't watch that show because even though it's like, it's very clear that these people are awful and that their behavior is awful. It makes drinking look so fun. And that does exist. It doesn't always happen though. Maybe it's only one out of 30 times, but like when it's like Tuesday, 10 AM and they're like drinking in the bar and just bullshitting. There's such a lighthearted fun humor to that of just, there's nothing like it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to be truly sober. And I see the bad side of it. Obviously, you know, everything in moderation, if I can keep it to that, but there's just such pure joy I get out of. Like I said before, a hole in the wall is happiness to me. Go into these places and just having the beers, having the pints. I love sitting and bullshitting and just enjoying the beer. It, it just genuinely makes me happy to the extent that like now I'm tying that into food and I'm starting to think like, you know, what do I really want out of life? And obviously there's always that like pipe dream of like, maybe I should have my own place. My problem is I look too far down the road. I have too much knowledge, not meaning I'm too smart, meaning I know people who run restaurants or my girlfriend ran, you know, um, a food based business. I know the 16, 17, 18 hour days that it takes being there super early in the morning, putting your heart, soul, sweat, toil, all of that into that. And as much as like, I want the end product, this is my problem with everything. I want to be a successful comedian. I don't want to become a successful, I want to be a successful writer. I don't want to become, like, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to do work. I just don't feel like dealing with all the horse shit that I know exists. It's, uh, it becomes it's a slog. I can't slog through that, that bog of quicksand to the point because there's so many other things in life that are so readily available to enjoy. So like for me, there's this place in our neighborhood that is like a closed down Korean. It was like a Korean restaurant, but it looks like a temple. Like it's all got green and red painting. It's got like the lion sculptures and all the shit. It looks like an, you know, some crazy historical like Korean building. Um, but it's been closed down forever. It's all kind of beat up and stuff, but it's at this location where there's a big 
complex nearby where there's like a Whole Foods and a Target and a movie theater and all that. So it gets a lot of traffic, but it's at these crossroads where there's nothing really else there, but it's highly trafficked. And it's got a big lot, like a big parking lot to it. So in my head, I'm like, I would love to make this into something like it's perfect. It needs it. Like this town doesn't have like a like microbrewery type place within that complex that's nearby. There's like a burger joint that I think carries a lot of like micro beers, but it still feels kind of commercially. It's in the strip mall. It needs something that's like on its own, like an in style, you know, place. We can go get some good food and some beer. And I'd love to turn this into something, whether it's like burgers and beer or like more of like an izakaya type yakitori joint with like snacks and maybe some ramen or just a mix of stuff. But then good beer. I think it would work. But then I'm thinking like, oh, all the work and the stress. And it's like, first of all, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I've never worked in a commercial kitchen in that environment. I don't know. I can cook for myself barely. Uh, you know, once it becomes like me cooking for three or four people, I start to have like panic attacks and I'm burning everything. So this is, I'm out of my mind thinking about this shit, but you know, indulging myself, I want to, I used to have these ideas and just, there was no limitations on it. No reality, no like, well, then, then, then you're going to have to put in all this work. And then what are you going to do about the dog? Because then, you know, it's like, I like just laying around half the day with my dog if I'm running a restaurant, that's never going to happen. Maybe he could be in the restaurant, you know, before it opens in terms of getting the place built and set up, he could be hanging out. Probably not. So anyway, I'm just like, nah, geez, I want to just lay with it. I'm lazy. Basically it comes, but there's just such easy comfort elsewhere for me to push myself to do this shit. So, but that being said, I had this idea before where I'd also want to make it I love the idea of like the design I'm going to put into it, you know, like a, a high school kid, not even a high school, like a grade school kid finally getting to design his own bedroom, you know, the, the posters, the lights, the cool shit, the video games. That's like what I feel like with like uh, a restaurant. But there's this place in um, Tokyo. It's called Design Festa Gallery. It's in the Harajuku neighborhood, which Harajuku is kind of. I don't want to say gimmicky because it still has its own cool flavor and all, but it's, it's for like a lot of like, it's like a fashion district, but it's also kind of for like a lot of otaku people who are kind of like into anime and stuff. Not totally. I guess it's more fashion, but a very specific type of fashion. Like when you get off the subway station, there's also a bridge there. And that bridge is where a lot of people do cosplay on Sundays. As far as I remember, I guess they still do. People dress up in all sorts of crazy costumes and all that shit. So it's got a bit of that. And then the street, though, it's called Takashita Street. It's literally like take a shit street. That's not what it means. That's what it looks like. It's just all these crazy shops. I mean, like there's like stores that are just like feathered. The like pink feathered scarf things and like leather boots, just the craziest shit lingerie. And just like wild, wacky stuff. And then there's a lot of like sweets shops, like candy shops and um, like crepes and stuff like ice cream. It's just a lot of bullshit for like super poppy young Japanese girls. Think of it that way. There's also some cool bars. But when you get deeper and deeper into the neighborhood, there's a ton of like cool art galleries. And one of the things I love, I have thousands of pictures of like everywhere in Tokyo you go, whether it's like light boxes or... Um, the air conditioning boxes, there's like stickers and cool art just slapped on 
everything. And I mean, you can, it's to the point where obviously it's like graffiti and a mess, but it's done in such a way that, let me see if I can find, I'm sure I can find it. But even right here, you look in this picture, you can see slapped all over this box. There's just stickers, but it's like everywhere to the point of like, it's like hieroglyphic, like language. Like you can just, which is great if like, let's say you're killing time waiting for somebody somewhere like outside of a bar, you can just kill time and like turn and look at a door. It'll just be covered in stickers for like punk bands and just weird, crazy art stuff. And it's just wild. And just such a, like, I love, there's just such a smashing in of inspiration and just shit that you're just, you, every corner you turn around, you're, it's something that your mind has never seen. And it's just like putting together a whole new, like reality. Your brain's like, what am I looking at? What the hell is this? And you just have to make a whole new dimension to fit in all of this stuff. Like your brain is just constantly it's like it's glowing with just the intake of beautiful new the newness but there's this place called design festa gallery and it's not um the only one but basically it's like from my understanding from what i remember it's apartments it might be more of like a hostel thing but i think it's apartments that you can rent uh above and then inside it's a cafe slash like bar, like you can get beers and drinks and all that shit, but also like coffee and stuff. Um, but then it's in each room inside is a unique little art gallery that people can rent. Now you can rent them for like a day. They're different sizes. Some are just like a tiny little room. Some are like 12 by 20, you know, some are like five by eight, just tiny little rooms that artists can rent. Now it's by like the day you can do, I think by the week or by like by the month, and it gives artists a space to show off their work um, and get exposed. You know, they can sell the stuff there, but it's really cool one to keep visiting. Cause you're always getting a new rotation of artists coming in, uh, especially artists who don't get a chance otherwise. And then it's also cool because as an artist, you know, you get that shot, but then you can grab a beer and just wander around out back. There's like trees growing right through the tables and there's murals everywhere there's also like a hibachi style grill, I think, in the back. I'm not sure if that's associated or not, but when you walk through the back, you can see here, you walk down these steps and stuff. There's like a restaurant over to this side here, um, but it's wild. And some of the pieces on the um, the murals are things that I've seen around the world. So they're pretty, you know, I'm not, I don't know, think there's a Banksy, but that type of thing where it's a, it's a, significant look there's like a South American artist and you'll see that a lot of famous graffiti places around the world. So there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, here's the hibachi place. Never ate there. I think it was a little bit expensive. Also, yeah, it's kind of one of those places. I just wanted to hang out and see the art and then bounce. But either way, this type of idea, I'd love to have a place. And then, you know, it's not just uh, for the food. It's not just for, the drinks, it's kind of an experience and gives people an opportunity, you know, show off people's local art, just make it such a cool place to come. Not just once, you know, like this place here, I've gone to this many times because like I said, I go in once there's certain artists I go in, there was like a gallery one time. I was like with some like naked chicks or something. There was like wild shit going on upstairs, like a private thing. I'm just like wandering around with a beer. Like what the hell am I doing? I love that kind of shit. It's like totally out of place, but you just go, eh, I don't know. And uh, you know, you just go with it. 
you, <laughs> act like you're supposed to be there. Wow, there's some wild shit though. Look at this. Man, I love art. I gotta get back into art. Especially this kind of stuff. Like this is not like, you know, fine. I'm not saying this isn't cool, but it's not like fine art where it's like he's really this guy might be a fine artist and went to art school, but like this is just like awesome doodling stuff. Like I love doing that kind of stuff and just going with it. Which is another thing. Watching those art history gallery uh, art history documentaries, they're always like this was what Michelangelo was doing and blah, 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 blah. And I look and I'm like, you know what? As somebody who does art and has seen, you know, a, a lot of people work on art, a lot of this stuff I feel like wasn't planned out at all. Like they try to put this reverse narrative, which I know there's some historical evidence for, like working with the Medici's and stuff. There might have been purpose behind what he was doing. But sometimes I feel like I look at it and I go, he was probably just working on this thing. And this wasn't a forethought. He just saw that this piece of rock could then form like an arm. And then he kind of just went with it and you'd kind of lend, let the medium move you in a direction. And it's like, none of these people ever say that they always got to have an answer to like, he did it this reason. And there was this, and I look, I'm like, he totally just, I could see the flow in this. Like he, he worked on one piece and then he could see the face and an arm in there. And he went with that. Then here looks like a bicep. And then there's a leg it's like everyone's going to have an answer. Why can't you just say that? I feel like he probably just went with it out of his own, his um, artistic, you know, flow state of just kind of following through with what he felt either way. That's an aside, but I'd really love to do this kind of thing. And I used to really, Oh, look at this. Look at this. Even the vending machines are cool. Just like everything is so, I don't know. It just is fantasy world. Like it's just not though. It doesn't take much just instead of just commercial shit. And I know one of the problems is when you're in your own environment, everything becomes boring to you. So if you live in New York, you know, New York's an interesting place, but everything kind of becomes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if you go to a country that doesn't have a lot of brick, like when my friend lived in Korea, then I would send him pictures of like New York and the fire escapes. And he's like, damn dude, look at that brick. Like people here would cream over that shit. Like you don't have red brick like that. You know, they use different building materials places. So you do get very accustomed to your environment to the point where you don't see what's right in front of you and what's special. So you do need to become a bit of a tourist in your own environment, but still it doesn't take a lot to just, uh, you know, make things a little bit more intriguing and a little bit more fantasy. Like, I feel like uh, we block out a lot of our basic human instinct stuff. Whereas, you know, I know I, I love Japan and all, but like they do in, embrace this idea of the fantasy, the escape, the more hedonistic stuff. Like people like drinking, people like sex, people like art and fantasy and, and weird shit. Like just throw it all out there. Like just let fucking society and people determine what the hell they want to see and not see. Don't tell us like, oh, this is what vending machines are going to look like. And this is what, you know, the, uh, the city is going to look like because we determine that like, fuck that. We should be determining what the hell our environment looks like. And that comes back to, uh, what was that book? Oh, the, the, power broker this one dude which i didn't finish that book the one if you look up the book the power broker he pretty much was responsible for most of why new york is the way it is now and the design of it from like 1920s on to like the 70s or something 
you know, designing a lot of the public housing and like the projects and shit and where parks are and why they're this way and that way, you know, one person, but you know, some of that was beneficial. Some of it wasn't, you know, only time will tell, but I just find that I'm really trying to re-engage with all this stuff and I'm excited and I want to just jump in. And I guess I just want to feel like I don't have reins on me. Like I've put on my own reins. You know what I mean? I guess some of that is just life. Like I said, you get a dog and blah, blah, blah. Like even my, my close friend in Shanghai, uh, he wants to move. He's thinking about moving to Portugal and he was trying to go to Morocco because his wife speaks like five languages and uh, they speak French. She's fluent in French. And like, she literally like had to write like, you know, long papers in French and everything. Like she's truly fluent. Like she studied it and uh, they speak French in Morocco. Cause if you look, it's like pretty much right across the Mediterranean. But he's like, it's such a pain in the ass trying to move. And on top of that, he's got four cats and our other buddy English match is like, just leave them. Fuck those cats. But he won't do that. Obviously he loves them. Um, but you know, there becomes all these things of trying to move around in the world, especially with the current, you know, stupid pandemic stuff. It's hard to move around nowadays. And then especially once, yeah, you have animals, there's all these animal walls, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. Just the idea, oh, the idea of just people trying to get into different environments and new things And Portugal probably seems awesome. I don't know enough about it. Apparently it's one of the most inexpensive places to live in Europe. So it's got that going for it. I think that was his real draw. He don't want to, uh, to shell out anything he doesn't have to, but either way, I'm just feeling pumped about cooking and culture and just the world. Um, so I'm probably going to be going a lot in that direction. I'm looking up this yakitori recipe, probably going to make that later. I don't know. It's just such a nice thing that I know it takes time and it takes effort. And some people just want to eat and they don't care. My one buddy who's like kind of a workout nut and like an amateur boxer. He's just like food is fuel. And I've been there at times. Like when I used to just work out like five, five days a week doing like weightlifting workouts, I didn't give a shit because I was eating so much that I didn't have the time that each meal was important. I was just like cramming beans in my face and whatever. It didn't matter. But now I feel like to take the time that you do have to eat anyway, to really enjoy it and get something out of it is like such a nice thing to look forward to every single day, especially, you know, the more you do it, the more you can prep ahead and think through and be quicker about it. So it doesn't consume so much time. You can just go, oh, I got to take that thing out and put it in there and I'll put it in the fridge for, you know, eight hours. And then later I can get to it. So for me, it's just such a nice thing to look forward to every day. I think there was something that, um, Tracy Morgan said, like, happiness is just having something to look forward to. I don't know where I heard that, but I don't totally agree with it, but there is something nice to it. It's definitely a form of happiness, just having something small to look forward to. And that's what like beer and everything's been to me. It's just such a nice thing to engage with. Like, I I also feel very connected to everything lately. I don't know why, but like even a beer, if I have it from a culture, I feel connected to those people, the, the the people that put effort and thought and time and energy into crafting it and the culture behind it and the people like, I feel like it's so not only it's easier to enjoy things, you get such a deeper level of joy out of things when it does feel like it's connected to something other than just like, I'm having a beer. Like it sounds stupid. I know when like sommelier people or, or these food people go into 
things are like, you have to cherish this and uh, taste the nutty uh, fruit notes of fruit and blah, blah, blah. You know, that, a lot of that's horseshit, but just being more conscious and aware of like the thought process and the work that went into creating some food that you're eating and you know, that there's some human element there. I feel like just exponentially enhances the joy you get from life and something you have to do every day anyway is eat. So you might as well really just gain such, there's such so much, you know, just love and and depth to that experience that I feel like if you're just cramming food in your face, you're not getting, and you don't have to do any more work. It's just a matter of awareness and appreciation. So I don't know. That's enough of this shit. I'm just, I'm just excited. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. Here's the thing. Everyone thinks not doing shit's easy, but it's not. It's gonna get weird. Go paint some stuff. That's enough of this bullshit for one day. Sometimes you just gotta slam them fuckers. Oh, sure.